inverted cranium, bridge by bridge, scene by scene, bite by bite, night, note by note. This is the inverted cranium, the portal to Scott Mason's mind. I am your host, Scott Mason. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this, the, the past four episodes, I have gone into a lot of movie-related trivia and over-analysis. Thus far, you may have gotten the sense that this podcast is about overanalyzing movies and trying to weave in human significance, public good, best practices into account as well. Today, I'm sending that to the bottom of the sea, or rather, the river would be more appropriate for this. So, a little bit to really explain what this episode is going to be about, I suppose I have to give you a little bit of, I'll explain a few things about me, your host. So, back in 2020, I was diagnosed with a double crush on my ulnar nerve. Um, for those not in the medical lingo, the ulnar nerve governs sensation in your pinky and your ring finger. It governs sensation in parts of your palm and sensation in parts of your forearm. And when you suffer a really bad crush on the ulnar nerve, your hand can't really do what it tells you to. I just woke up and suddenly my hand was trapped in a claw-like position. I don't know how it happened. And to to sum up my life from 2000 to 2002-ish, you basically would imagine, imagine a hacker getting shot in the hand. That is basically what, and like not being able to use a keyboard or type or use a mouse or open a, or open, or open a bottle or open a, a bottle, or carry this glass of water that my friend gave me. I would, I would not be able to hold it in my right hand. Back in, from 2020 to about, functionality was pretty much restored in 2021, about six months after my surgery. But by 2022, I'm looking to capitalize on my newfound good health. So I decided to, um, take up something I've been interested in trying. And today I'm going to talk about what I would do differently on my first whitewater rafting trip if I were to do it again. And I'd love to do it again, but I don't want to make the same mistakes as I did last time. So first, to clarify the past three episodes of Scott Mason's Inverted Cranium and how this one's going to be different. So on my first episode, I discussed five Christmas movies that may or may not be Christmas movies and overanalyzed why they are great. I discussed the documentary It Might Get Loud and the implicit lessons it has on AI creative professionals in episode two. In episode three, my buddy Matt Goodman and I discussed Godzilla on from several angles and what Toho is currently getting right. And really, how to make a good Godzilla movie overall that treats humans like heroes? That's just a small snippet because that was over an hour long. And today, I'm going to be doing an episode more for my more active buddies and people who just crave adventure. Because really, I grew up surrounded by people who were, well, 
Ever see that original Twilight Zone episode where one man survives a nuclear holocaust who is perfectly fine because he gets to finally have time to read when no one allowed him to, and then his glasses break? I was surrounded by a lot of people like that growing up, and this episode is for people who want to escape that kind of lifestyle. So... Back in 20 back in summer 2022 I joined up with uh, an event company that organized a trip to go whitewater rafting in the Poconos in Lehigh River, Pennsylvania. And it was my first time doing it and I was really excited. This is something I wanted to do and given the fact that I'd regained functionality of my hand, there were a lot of things I wanted to do like I took up indoor climbing, for example. I, t- I've re- I took up surfing last year. Whitewater rafting I've done once. I'd love to do again with a few people if I could just find the group that wants to do it that I can really trust because that's going to be a lesson I circle back to near the end. So we get, to the, we get to Pennsylvania. We get to the raft. They give us the instructions of what we should and should not do. And in the rare instance where um, we of what we should do in the event of an emergency. Hopefully we would not need it, need any of that advice. So the group and I get in the raft. Our captain is a wonderful, nice person, but very, very talkative. Now, if you're whitewater rafting, you don't want your captain to be too talkative. You want them to be able to give directions like left side forward hard or right side backward hard because the captain is the person who tells everyone which direction they're supposed to row how they're supposed to row they basically help the rest of the crew steer the raft so now for people who have never whitewater rafted before or even rafted before here's a little thing about whitewater rafting Whitewater rafting is basically defined as rafting on rapids. It's literally water that is turbulent enough to get a a frothy texture. The rapids we were on in the Lehigh River were class two or three. Not intense. Rapids have classes from one, not so dangerous, to seven, basically dangerous for even the most experienced rafter. So as we got near the beginning, it was pretty clear that our raft was going to have some trouble. We, because only two people had ever done it before in our raft, our captain and someone who was out of practice and um, not as young and fit as we were. So we basically... um, had a lot of directional problems. The vast, a lot, I got a lot of cuts on my hand because the person in front of me when rafting couldn't really paddle in the same direction. Because when you're paddling while whitewater rafting, you're so, it, it's dangerous if you're not paddling in the same direction because you're just smacking the other person's hand or worse, their arm or their eye or, oh, hey, Chewie. Oh, for just so you're, oh, just so you're, um, just to explain, I'm currently recording at my friend's apartment, and 
they have this wonderful golden doodle named Chewie, who is demanding that I take notice of him right now. He had his chin resting on my quad just now. And never ignore a dog. Their developmental needs are at stake when you do. So I got a lot of cuts on my hand, so that's really rough. About an hour in, we get, we, we're just getting trapped on run one rock after another. And when you get trapped on a rock while whitewater rafting, you all need to get up, get to a corner of your raft, and basically like feel where the rock is, get to the corner of the raft, and shift the raft, f- raft free by jumping up and down. It's a recipe for disaster. In like in a raft that's a concentration of let's say seven people, so that about an hour in, we've probably gotten caught on a rock maybe five, six times. On the seventh time, I basically when we got caught on a raft, a raft full of kids collided right into us. Well, my right hand was dangling outside of the outside of the raft. So, just to recap, my right hand was the hand that had surgery. And the two fingers that were operated on went completely numb when they got sandwiched between my raft and the kids. And I'm like, "Oh no. Oh no. All that surgery ruined." Oh. Surgery and recovery ruined. This was the worst idea of my life for sure. 20 minutes later, uh, the pain is starting to creep in. Now, the worst, and I'm just thinking, oh man, I'm so, I've never been so glad to experience a throbbing sore pain before in my life. Because the worst thing with my ulnar nerve was that I just, was the sensation. I literally could, was the lack of sensation. I couldn't tell my fingers to do what I was telling them to do. And I'm like, okay, man, it's just proof that it, proof that everything's working. So during lunch, when we stop on a rock, I'm very, on a rocky outcropping, I'm very tempted to just ask to go home at this point. I'm glad I didn't when you get to near the end of the story, but the management of our ref was an absolute shipwreck. And I'm just, uh, I really don't want to risk this any further. But the problem is we were in the middle of nowhere and there was really no way back. They couldn't even get a helicopter in to get me home. The only way out is through. So about two hours in at this point, we get to a part of the rapids called the staircase. Apparently it's called that because there's like a faded staircase near the, near the river. At the staircase, two things happen simultaneously. One is that the, my fellow rafter who is not as young or healthy as the rest of the rafters fell out of the raft and I fell out of the raft. By virtue, the crew had to help the other rafter first. Of course, that meant they didn't have time to help me. Even I understand that. (laughs) So as I'm shouting at my raft, guys, I'm still here. I could use a hand. And as their raft got further and further away, I knew I was going to have to hold out until someone arrived to give me a tow back to the raft. Exciting, but scary as heck. Now, if you've ever been 
on a water slide with a with a mid-air drop, that muscle memory will come back to you. It's just I when I was in middle school and elementary school, I used to go to a water park on the way home from Long Island every summer called Splish Splash. They had this water slide called Shotgun Falls, and there was this I think it's an 11 foot drop after the at the bottom of the slide into a pool and that muscle memory that was had to have been like 20 years old at that point just suddenly resurfaced on what I needed to do to be mentally ready for the impact. So when you're getting pulled in the rapids, first thing is there's no guarantee that the life jacket you're wearing will actually keep you afloat well enough so that you don't need to tread water. I was not fortunate enough to basically um, avoid that situation. And on top of that, at the same time, I had to make sure that I I wasn't going to cartwheel so that my toes were no longer pointing downstream. Because the last situation you want to be in when you're when you've fallen out of a raft and you're going down the river is for you to be going is for you to be flowing head first because there are three parts of the body you absolutely want to protect your head, your neck, and your knees. Hey, Chewie. Yeah, Chewie gets it. He's totally excited about whitewater rafting. So as I'm struggling with all my might not to get pulled into like get like turned tur- inverted well no inverted would mean flipped upside down so that I'm on my tummy instead of my back but as I'm trying not to get pivoted so that my um so that the wrong part so that the part of my body that's going downstream is the one that would most likely suffer a head wound I'm quickly realizing that there's no way I'm going to be able to keep doing this until a kayaker arrives I needed to find a way to hold out long enough and stay in the same place so that a guide can come and pick me up. And thankfully about, obviously this is the part where time becomes a blur, but I'm guessing about a minute or two minutes in the rapids, I managed to spot a large pointed rock that I could probably try and flow towards and grab in the hopes that I could just wait long enough. And by grab, as thankfully, I was able to hug the rock while dangling my toes downstream. And there was just enough, there was just enough depth in the river to basically ensure that I could do that without having my lumbar spine getting slammed against the the riverbed over and over and over. And it was just a matter of hoping that my shoulders lasted long enough. And before I knew it, one of our kayaking guides basically was up beside me and he just said he'd give me a tow. Now, this is where the vast majority of my wounds came into play that day. When you're flowing down the river without a raft, without any support, or anyone pulling you, you are expected to lay on your back because that way you're shielding 
your kneecaps, you're shielding, you're shielding your neck, you're shielding the, you're shielding your cerebrum, and you have a helmet protecting your medulla, your medulla oblongata. Once someone starts giving you a toe in a kayak, you are no longer on your back. You are now supposed to be on your belly so that you don't, so that you, so that you can allow them to propel their, their, their vessel, which basically means you're going to get dragged over a lot of rocks. And I foolishly did not rent a wetsuit. The amount of cuts I had on my knees and my shins were ungodly. The last time I'd saw that much blood outside of my own body was during my first dance class in college when I tried to do a, um, one of those Pete Townsend dive, dive choreography moves. I'm sure they did those a lot in tap dances when you jump on the ground and slide on your shins and the tops of your feet. And and you slide on your shin I in the tops of your feet. Being in an ex, being inexperienced, I did that on a rubber floor. You could probably imagine how that turned out. So when I get back to the raft, once we ca- catch up, one of my f- fellow rafters, the one who basically gave me like a sizable number of cuts on my head, said, now you've got a story to tell. <laughs> which was one of the greatest things about that day. So by then, I'm pretty much just holding out until we get to the bus to get back to our car and to drive back to New York City. But one final note of the story before I get to all the lessons and all the things I'd do differently and what my attitude of the whole experience was, just before I got out of the car, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees was on the radio. My day even had appropriate end credits. It was, it's just, you can't, you, that's not, that's not accidental. It's, it's almost like, I don't, it's like, I'm a man who believes in chance and the raw chaos and complexity of this universe, but that's just like, it's like this, it's like, well, it was still day, but like, I guess, the star, but the stars don't go anywhere during the day. I guess there was one align, one aligning at that time. So... My takeaway from my first day of whitewater rafting is it would have been more fun if we could if I went with people I trusted. So, here are several of my takeaways from whitewater rafting. First, make sure that your captain is someone who is experienced with whitewater rafting and can avoid being too talkative and is and can basically make their point come across in 2, 3, 4 words at most. Because when you're trying to dodge rocks and turn a raft one direction or another or at a moment's notice, you're not, you aren't going to be able to do it in 10 or 11 word directions. You're not going to be able to do it with filler. I'm very much in favor of the democratic process and putting things up to committees, but in a whitewater raft is one of the least appropriate circumstances to even exercise that preference. I would also advise that you intelligently distribute the people with experience from the people without on who handles which or and where they sit because 
That way you could avoid all the cuts I got on my hand. And I would advise that you bite the bullet, rent, or bring your wetsuit. Because the cuts are not... the. It's Because if you, by chance, fall out of the raft as I did, you do not want to actually have any of your skin showing. All in all, though, it was really a lot of fun to go whitewater rafting, and it's a great bonding experience with people you know. And on top of it, I probably gained maybe two pounds of muscle mass in my upper body from all the rowing I had to do. It's very, very tiring. Very tiring. And a very good upper body workout. And I'm glad I did it, even if I sounded frustrated frustrated or I had trouble working with the people who I was in the boat with because I just kept getting hurt working with them. Still, it's a lot of fun. And also, if you ever want to go whitewater rafting with me, don't make me captain. I'm nearsighted or relatively nearsighted. So there's some trouble with velocity. And like, it's like, I really just need glasses when I'm traveling really fast. Because like, so driving up, absolutely... I probably need I probably need visual I probably need eyesight work for I probably need something to help with my eyesight for skiing or or snowboarding surfing I don't need it cuz I'm just not moving quite as fast running I'm not running I don't really need it either unless there's a lot unless I have to go through long chains of watching for oncoming traffic so if you're a nerd Well, basically, I describe myself as an active semi-nerd. I have a lot of nerdy, I have a lot of nerdy over analytical interests, but I also do crave some degree of excitement and, and really just getting out and about and everything. So I would encourage people to try whitewater rafting at least once, but do not do it with strangers. Don't go alone. Bring, bring your friends or bring friends who want to do it. Uh, don't be afraid of getting wet. Be ready to fall out of the raft. Pay for the wetsuit. And just try to have fun. I had, try to have fun. I had so much trouble that day, mainly because I just went about it all wrong. I can't imagine how great it would be if I went about it right. So that's it for today, everyone. Bridge by bridge, scene by scene, Bite by bite, note by note, this is the inverted cranium.